Hi, everybody. Michael Balazzo here with a quick question for you. What do Yellow Card, Ashley McIsaac, and the Dropkick Murphys all have in common? No, it's not that they all have fiddle players. It's that they've all released amazing albums. So I thought, maybe it's time for me to get in on the fun. On Tuesday, December 3rd and Wednesday, December 4th, I'll be recording a stand-up comedy album live at the Ossington in the heart of downtown Toronto. I'll be joined by some of my funniest friends like Jackie Pirico, Brandon Ash Muhammad, Jordan Foisey, Tim Gilbert, Natalie Norman, and even James Hartnett, who may not have a fiddle, but he's certainly fit as one. That's Tuesday, December 3rd, and Wednesday, December 4th, 9 p.m. at the Ossington, 61 Ossington Avenue. Tickets are pay what you can, but the laughter is priceless. <laughs> And welcome to another edition of the Landlord and Tenant Podmas, the only show that has the eep to ask the question, can a landlord and tenant be buddies? Hi, everybody. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Landlord James. And I'm your other host. I'm Tenant Michael. And James, uh, I just noticed you sort of did a, a funny self-censoring kind of... You, you bleeped yourself. Yeah, well... To me, that's just just trying to throw a curveball to the audience because right. the audience knows I'm the I'm the guy in the podcast who will actually speak his mind, who's not afraid to say anything. Right. So it's kind of funny that I that I censored myself because right. that's just so not a thing I do. Are you okay? I'm I'm doing well. I'm just a little bit. Da- We're recording, ladies and gentlemen, during a rainy day. Oh, don't tell Toronto. me you're affected by the weather. I'm a little bit feeling blue uh. from the rain. Are you telling me you're not affected by? The weather that no. you're always the same. No, because I'm a dude. Dudes don't get affected by weather. Really? Yes, really. Well, some I mean, dudes, you're the type that. Do. Oh, it's snowing today. Ooh, I think I. Oh, I don't think I feel Kurt, well. Kurt Cobain, I bet, was affected by the weather. Really? Seattle, rainy place. Um, had he grown up maybe in Hawaii? Maybe he'd still be with us. Imagine that—a Hawaiian <laughs> Kurt Cobain. That's an interesting thing to think about. Malakaliki Waka is the thing to say. That's not really at MTV Cobain. Live or MTV <laughs> Unplugged. He sings that classic uh, Hawaiian Christmas song. Mm-hmm. They just auctioned off his uh, the cardigan that Kurt Cobain wore at the MTV Unplugged recording. They just auctioned it off for something like three hundred thousand dollars, and it's full of cigarette burns, and apparently it hasn't been washed in three decades. Or two decades, I don't know. Gee, Mike, uh, sounds like you could have just given them uh, one of your cardigans, and well, they would have been the same thing, because you're so dirty. Uh, I had the same thought. If yeah. I could sell my, my dirty laundry for that amount of money, I'd never have to work a day again. I have got to take you shopping. we got to go to Holt Renfrew. Look at, look at how you're dressed. I'm dressed uh, comfortably to pod. This is like doing a podcast with a baby for me. I am baby. People keep saying that these days, especially online. I am baby. Do you ever say that? People say I am baby? People say I am baby. I yes. have missed that somehow. Yeah. 
Oh, so James, you're a bit of a baseball fan, and uh, I think you have some news to announce to the listeners today. Well, that's right. Uh, last Wednesday, the World Series Game 7 was on, Yep, and uh, the Nationals beat the Astros. Imagine if someone's listening and they, they find out who won the World Series from this podcast. Yeah, spoiler alert, if you've had it on your PVR for a week... Uh, we should have said spoiler alert beforehand, but yeah, uh, yeah exciting game. Game sevens are always exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what was the score? Oh boy, it was something like six to two. It was. It was. Oh uh, wow! But the nat, but the the Astros were up late, and the Washington Nationals came back. Wow! And people wanted the Astros to lose because they have Roberto Osuna, who is a bad guy, former Jay. Yep, but we got rid of him. Yeah. So that was interesting. Is he the one? No, is he in legal trouble? That's the uh, that's Encarnacion, who's, who's got the mm, yeah. sort of the. Uh, it's a bit of a the, theme. The black cloud of accusation was accused of giving a lady an STD. Um, I don't know where we stand with that. And Osuna right. was um, very unpleasant uh, abuse. Do you think that back in the days of like you know Ken Burns baseball era, like Babe Ruth or Mickey Mantle? Do you think those guys? Uh, gave STDs out to fans? Well, probably. Mickey Mantle, there's a famous uh, picture on the internet where Mickey Mantle uh, was asked to write his favorite memory of the season, mm-hmm. like for some Yankee internal uh, notebook kind of thing. He was sort of, it's like, what was your favorite memory of the year? And he wrote, this is true, not a joke, he wrote something along the lines of getting a blowjob in the bullpen. What? So, from a teammate? or from No, a- not from a teammate, from a girl, a woman. Okay. All right. Anyway, was these guys his, were always cads. Was it at least someone he was seeing? Michael, I don't know. I doubt spouse. it. If you're a professional athlete and you lock yourself down with someone, you're dumb. Right. You got to play the field. Do you think that's they, the kind of thing you do? You would become. You would. You would be like the night before you're about to sign your, you know, hundred million dollar contract in the NBA. Not that you could make the NBA, and then well, you get married the night before or something. Well, maybe I would. Maybe I would get married the night before I signed with the NBA. And so what about it? Mm. How, how much did Babe Ruth weigh when he was at his, his uh, most famous? Not that it matters from a moral standpoint. It's just interesting because was, you don't see guys who look like that in baseball these he days. He was fat. I don't know, but he was big. You do see, baseball is the one sport where you do see chunky guys still. You do. It's the one sport where you can have a nice big butt. And that's oh, not huge, a hindrance. Oh, huge, huge butt, big belly. I mean, you know, some guys are pretty athletic, but you could be a pitcher or a first baseman. You don't have to run that much. Coming up to, to pitch now, please welcome Santa Claus. Uh, Imagine that. Please welcome Louie Anderson. Ah, it's so yeah. nice to be here pitching. Yeah. That's my impersonation of uh, Louie Anderson as a pitcher. Really good, Mike. Really good. Maybe you could, you know... We uh, we also have some other news that's not re- well, it's sort of related to baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're recording this just a few days after the news broke that uh, the leader of ISIS, Abu Bakr al Baghdadi, at the age of forty eight, lost his uh, life. Well, that's young. It is young. Mm. I mean, so he died. He was how do we put this in context? He was eight years older than John Lennon was when he passed. Okay, but on the other end of the spectrum. A guy like Kirk Douglas still alive, and he's like 92, 93 or something. So. Well, thank you for putting that into perspective, because before you did that, I was struggling to um, get a handle on what that would, what that would mean. Um, wow, so how did he pass away? He passed away by being chased into a tunnel in, uh, in Syria 
by uh, chased by dogs, and then he blew himself up with one of those uh, vests, suicide hey, vests. Shout out to a friend of mine with Syrian heritage, Allison Johnston. She's. I don't know. I don't know if she listens to the podcast. She our, might listen to this one because our she's friends with our guest. Yeah, our thoughts are with Allison. Wow, I don't think she's supports right. uh, ISIS. Did you hear that they the ISIS though have uh, announced the name of their new leader? Oh, what's his name? So, I assume it's a guy, not to be sexist. It is a maybe guy. Maybe it's a lady. No, okay. You know, you're right. You know, maybe one day. Maybe one day. Well, uh, I'd like to see that. I mean, I don't like ISIS. I'm against ISIS. Right. But it would be nice to see that. It's like the it's way... It's 2019, dudes. Yeah. It's like the way I felt when I when I see those uh, ads for Ms. Monopoly. There's a, a new edition of Monopoly out that's meant to empower women. It's called Miss Monopoly. <laughs> and the ad shows like a, a female scientist like curing a disease or something. And cool. then... Abruptly, it shows her. It's it cuts to showing her playing Monopoly. <laughs> so yeah, ISIS should also do this sort of thing and encourage sure. uh, young sure. women. But sorry, the the new leader, uh, his name. Drum roll, please. Abu Ibrahim Al Hashemi. Okay. So uh, we'd like to make me a... think of Steve Buscemi oh, at the end. There. Imagine that. Yeah, similar name. Uh, why am I Mr. Pink? Yeah. Uh, um, so we'd like to give an official landlord and tenant um, welcome to uh, to Abu uh, Ibrahim Al Hashemi. Uh, good luck as I guess leader of the new leader of ISIS. Not that we endorse ISIS, just to no. make that clear. This is not a pro ISIS podcast. Yeah, certainly. Um, hey, maybe maybe contribute to our Patreon and we'll talk. But no. Uh, oh, that would put us in a that moral would be quandary. Do we accept if that money? guy? If the Steve Buscemi guy. Donated to our Patreon. Whoa, we would be in a difficult situation. We would probably get a knock on the door from CSIS. Well, I just uh, mean, you know, the we'd have to be shills. Yeah. Um. Oh, also, but just before we move on, did you hear the name of the that uh, heroic dog that chased uh, Al Baghdadi into the tunnel? Okay, so that was a thing. A dog was the hero. <laughs> That's really wow, funny. I didn't yeah. know that. Okay, but did you know the name of the what the name of the dog was? No, it was Conan. Oh. Makes me think of Conan O'Brien. Makes me think of that too, right? And I wow. bet you know who's probably jealous? Andy Richter. Or Well, absolutely, I bet. Fallon, Corden, mm. and Myers. They probably were jealous. They probably were jealous. Or imagine Samantha B. What if the dog had been called like B? No, well, that'd be kind of fun. It'd be neat if while Conan the dog was running to chasing this man into a cave that maybe Andy Richter was watching and tweeting sort of um, very woke uh, yes. tweets about it. Yeah, from his uh, from his bachelor pad. Yeah, no, he's watching the dog. Yeah, chase the guy, but yes, yes, but mm. he's he's tweeting from his bachelor pad because Andy Richter's he uh, publicly got divorced last oh, year. Oh, okay, sorry, That's I, what I missed I'm that. I missed yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, imagine if the dog had uh, had a different name, Fallon. Mm. I'd like to. Uh, we'd like the people of America would like to honor Fallon yeah. for helping kill the ISIS leader. Wow. Well, good on that dog, and uh, mm-hmm. roof, roof to you. Absolutely. Um, wow. Well, I guess this was. If uh, this is a really good podcast, if you want to know what the news was last week, <laughs> this is the place to go. We will tell you what happened last uh, last week. Absolutely. So, um, oh, we should mention that we do have a Patreon. Yes. As long as you're not uh, involved in ISIS, please donate to it. Mm-hmm. It's um, patreon.com slash landlord tenant. And we're so grateful. to Thank you to everyone who donates. Um, that was very 
a very somber thank you. Well, I really am thankful. I mean, damn. Um, uh, you know, we need them. We need them. Yeah. Um, so maybe we should move on to our segment. It's segment time in Canada, so uh, everybody get up and dance. Hmm. Um, now, our guest coming up on this episode is a musician, mm-hmm. so we thought it would be fun to do a segment that was about music. Yes. So, uh, what was the title we came up with of this segment? So, this, this segment's going to be fun, is the first thing everyone needs to know, and it's about uh, hit songs that everybody knows. Uh, and, you know, sometimes, how many times do you hear a song, and you love it, you know all the words, and you realize, hold on a darn second here. Mm-hmm. I don't know the story behind this song. Yes. What inspired it? So we thought it'd be nice to do a segment called The Surprising Truth Behind Some of Your Favorite Songs. <clears throat> yeah, so it's secrets, a surprising truth behind uh, songs and, you, you, you would be surprised by. And, and some of these are fun. Some of them uh, are, are going to tug at your heartstrings a bit. Mm-hmm. And some of them are just going to make you laugh. That sounds fantastic. Uh, well, why don't I start with um, the song I Will Always Love You. Okay. You remember that one? I'll never now, forget it. <clears throat> Dolly Parton's version of that was apparently about uh, a, a, another singer named Porter Wagoner, at, and they performed together. Yes. Um, now, um, you may remember that uh, Whitney Houston did a version as well of I Will Always oh, Love You. It was a huge hit on the Bodyguard soundtrack. That's wasn't right. It? Yeah. Now, you might think, I wonder who that was about. Maybe Kevin Costner or yeah. Bobby Brown? No. no. That song was actually about Jiminy Glick. The Martin Short character. Now, the story really? is, yes, Whitney had no idea that was Martin Short in makeup. She thought he was a real guy. Oh, come on. And she, she loved him. She must have had some inkling that it was uh, Martin no Short. No clue. She just thought, I love this guy. I don't think romantically. I think just really liked him. It was a funny character. And boy, oh boy, she was embarrassed when she found out. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Imagine committing to... To something and then finding out you were wrong. Mm. My goodness. Wow. Interesting. Uh, okay. So, my first uh, little tidbit uh, story behind a popular song is uh, concerning Eric Clapton's 1991 hit, Tears in Heaven. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, some people think this song is about a personal tragedy that occurred in his life. Not so. It's actually not the truth. I did some digging here, and Eric Clapton actually wrote the song, Tears in Heaven. Uh, it was about his reaction to finding out that the show Cheers had been canceled. Really? Yes. It's a very sad song. Oh, I, it's one of the saddest ones but out I there. I guess that, that was uh, really sad when Cheers ended. Well, think I mean. of those characters. Think mm. of that cast. You got Sam. Yep. You got Fraser. Mm. You got Cliff. And you got Norm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was uh, Rhea Proma's character? Carla. Carla. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tortorelli. What was the name of Christy Alley's character on that? Uh, ooh. Rebecca. Rebecca. That's mm. a cast like that only comes around once a lifetime. Wow, that's true. That's so true. Clapton loved uh, Cheers. How about that? Um, by the way, I've been watching Cheers lately, and every episode is basically Sam being like to Diane or Rebecca, hey, um, what would you say if we slept together? And then Rebecca or Diane going, no, Sam, and him going, damn. That's like the plot of every episode. Wow. Rewatch it. You couldn't do that in the workplace these days. Yeah, or every epi- or like half the episodes are like uh, Diane or, or Rebecca being like, oh, I have to go to this fancy dinner and I don't have a date and I need to have a pretend date or I'm going to look like a loser. And Sam's like, well, if I go, will you sleep with me? And her going, no, but come as my fake date. 
<laughs> anyway, people who've been rewatching Cheers lately uh, will will back me up on that. Okay, time for my second tidbit. Sure. Remember that song "Purple Rain" by Prince? Who can forget it? Uh, what was was that your uh, impersonation of? Uh, yeah, obviously, of that's okay. the climax of uh, Purple Rain. Okay. Anyway, um, people have no idea what that song's about, really. When you think about it, Purple Rain. What the hell is he talking about? Is he on uh, one of Saturn's moons? What the <laughs> hell is this? Yeah. Turns out the inspiration for the song Purple Rain was actually when um, Prince ate some eggplant one day. You kidding me? And then went to the bathroom, and he had purple pee. You know how beets make your pee red or other stuff red? Well, a lot of people don't know that for a very small percentage of the population, eggplant does the same thing, and it makes it purple. And Prince was one of those guys. So he wrote a classic (laughs) song, and I think a movie, inspired by... This meal he had where he ate a bit too much eggplant. He ate eggplant and then, you know, because you, know you, you know when you go to the bathroom oh, yeah. and you see red and you go, oh God, I'm dying. Yeah, yeah. And then you go, oh my God, wait, I ate beets last night. I'm fine. Yeah. It was the same with, with Prince. He went to the bathroom. He's like, purple pee. Oh my God, I'm going to die. Woo, no, no, no. And then he's like, oh, I ate eggplant. Phew. Interesting. Yep. Wow. Well, there, see, everyone's learning and, and uh, you know. All these great stories. Uh, so my second fact about the song, Secrets Behind the Songs, is about a Missy Elliott song. Okay, Michael, I, I didn't expect you to even know who she was. I, yeah, well, you don't underestimate me. I have, a, I have broad musical tastes. Do you remember the song? It's a little bit of a rude song, the song mm-hmm. Work It. Oh, yeah. I'm Missy Elliott. It's very uh, steamy stuff. Blah, 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 blah. You hear, hear an elephant uh, sound effect. You hear all yep. sorts of weird sounds. Uh and it's about fellas, basically, and it's pretty, uh, pretty steamy stuff. It's about the size of a man's, you know what? And right. not a lot of people know this, but she wrote this song about. Uh, are you familiar with the sitcom Modern Family? Yes. Do you know the character Manny, played by the actor Rico Rodriguez? Yeah. Work it is about him. Really? Yeah. When I found out that, my I, my jaw dropped to the floor. That's weird. Huh? Yeah. Apparently, he's. Well known around Hollywood for, uh, well, he may not be super tall, but he's... Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Who knew? Interesting. What a tidbit. All right. Well, here's my final tidbit. Um, Remember that song, This Is How We Do It? I think it was Montel Jordan. Yeah, Montel Jordan. This is how we do it. It's Friday night. Yeah. Well, people probably assume that's about sex or something like that. Most songs, you have to think they are. Yeah. It's actually not. Um, It came out in the 90s, and most listeners will probably remember, the 90s, people were video game crazy. And the song, This Is How We Do It, is actually about the NES game Battletoads and the infamous Turbo Tunnel you find in level three. No. Yeah. Retro gamers will know that this was an almost impossible level to beat. You're one of the two Battletoads, you're riding on a jet ski, and you have to time your jumps just perfectly. So the song, This Is How We Do It, is just him explaining to gamers how to get the jumps just right so your jet ski uh, your jet ski doesn't crash and you have to start all over again wow. and th- and this was a game where you only had a certain number of lives it's right. not like video games now where you can just do it over and over again so if you died right. enough times in the turbo tunnel you had to start all the way over again and i had no idea very frustrating very hard game montel jordan i had no idea he was such a such a gamer he was he is i think he's alive i don't know but well if he's not Let's hope he's up uh, playing the uh, the big video game in the sky. Yes. 
All right, my third and final uh, musical uh, behind-the-scenes story is about a Canadian band. Do you remember the band The Tea Party? There, hell power, yes, power trio <clears throat> from uh, I believe uh, Windsor, Ontario. Yep. Now the song "The River" I think was one of their first hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, very mystical sounding, very Eastern. Yes. You, a lot of people thought that song was about the River Styx. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> wrong. Uh, it's actually not about the River Styx. It's about the Detroit River, the river that separates Windsor from Detroit. Oh, cool. It's actually also a border between uh, Canada and the United States. Hmm. And not a lot of people know this, but Jeff Martin, the singer from the Tea Party, always wearing those kind of silky yes. blouses. Um, Long black hair. Yeah, very Jim, a Jim Morrison vibe yes, to him. Yes, kind of a bit goth. A little bit goth, yeah. Apparently he was a devil for whitewater rafting, uh, fly fishing, and snorkeling in the, the Detroit River. He just loved being out in the water. Uh, he liked to go uh, jet skiing wow. and all sorts of stuff. He was like a fish. And um, so, yeah, the river is actually about the Detroit River. And I was doing some research, and apparently he, he liked to spend so much time swimming around or fishing in the river that his bandmates would always get annoyed with him. And they'd be like, Jeff, we got a gig in an hour. What are you doing? Get out of the, get out of the water. Wow. That's really interesting. Interesting. Okay, well, yeah. I guess that does it for uh what was the title again? Surprising the surprising truth behind some of your favorite songs. There we time. go. Um all right, Mike. Well, I think that pretty much does it for the intro. Mm-hmm. Uh so why don't we take a break and come back with our guest? Sure. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We've got a returning guest this week. It's her second appearance on the podcast. We've, we've had a few people who've done it twice now. now. Actually, it's kind of her third because she was our musical accompaniment oh. on the live show, the 100th show. Absolutely. So it's your third time appearing with us. It's our friend Robin Hatch. Hello. Thanks for coming on, Robin. Thanks now, for having me back. For anyone who is ignorant, Robin is a musician. And mm-hmm. the owner of a Twitter account, <laughs> and you are a driver. You have a car, also. I do. Yeah, very nice. Did you get your license when you were sixteen? Uh, yeah, six. I got my G one when I was sixteen. Yep. then seventeen. You got to do it right away, or you might never do it. Yeah, I'm... but then it expired, and I had to get it again. The G- I had to write the G one. Oh, oh no! I hate that. I failed my G one the first time, which is hard to do. So the G1, this is a very Ontario thing, if yep. you're listening from outside of Ontario. The G1 was the, I don't know, the licensed cate- category for a beginning driver? Yes, that means you can drive with someone and you yeah. just have to have a written test. G2 is driving on your own. Whole other world. Do you have your license, Mike? <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. But I didn't uh, get it until I was 19. Okay, that's not so bad. A lot of people yeah. who grew up in the city, I find, just never do it. I guess so, yeah. yeah. Interesting. When Did you get yours right when you were 16 yeah. as well? In Alberta, you can get your license or your beginning license when you're 14 years old. No, you can't. Yeah, you can. That can't be right. Or at least you could when, like, a few years ago. But wow. Because of uh, tractors, farmers need their kids to be able to drive a tractor <laughs> young. Hmm. That's true. Anyway. Somebody fact check that in tweet us. Uh, Bryn Potty. He's he- not. 
from Alberta. No, but can you fact check that for us and tweet it at us? Because I notice he's always on it with the tweets when we ask this. Absolutely. Anyway, we've gotten off the rails here. Sorry. Robin, you didn't come on to talk about Ontario's uh, driving license system. You came to talk about music. That's right. <laughs> and life. Yeah, so Robin um, has been in Our Lady Peace. Um uh, She's been in um, Dwayne Gretzky. You're still in Dwayne Gretzky. No, no. Oh, shit. Sorry. Burn that bridge. Oops. Three, year, three years ago? Three years ago. Been it's in... fine if they're listening and they hear that. Okay. They know. You've been all over the music scene. And now <laughs> now you're a acclaimed solo artist. Yep. That's correct. Yeah. You've released, since you've been on the show, you've released two albums. Yeah. I hadn't. That's correct as well. Yeah, one, I own the vinyl of the classical music one. What was that one called? Works for solo piano. It's great. And you just recently dropped your second album, which is uh, a little bit more electronic than the first one. It's a synth album called Hatch. Yes. And it's very interesting. That's a great name. I like how you just went with your last name. Your last name is cool. It, yeah. it sounds sort of scary. Yeah. It's kind of like... The other example I can think of is Feist, but right. and her last name kind of describes her music. Hmm. Same with me. Do you feel like your music is hatching out of an egg? Yeah. <laughs> like a giant egg in a, a movie or a painting or yeah, something. Yeah, or it's like a hatch uh, of a door or something. Ooh. Right. Have you ever thought about just going by hatch? Like Feist? No. Yeah. <laughs> ever, thought about just, ever thought of billing, a, uh, like booking a gig and just saying Feist and as you instead? That's. <laughs> I feel like that'd look bad in the future. <laughs> yeah. Someone Good ever... point. But your most recent album, Hatch, is a synth album, uh, and you did you did you record it in Toronto or did you record it in Calgary? I recorded it in Toronto. Um, one of my bandmates with Taylor Knox, um, who's a musician whose band I play in. Uh, his parents are in, well, he's a great producer anyway, but his parents are in this uh, group called the Canadian Electronic Ensemble, which is kind of like Canada's craft work. Wow. Um, Canada's craft work. And so, so they have a bunch of really cool old synths. And one of the synths they have is this Roland Jupiter synth that was too heavy for them to take on the road. So, it's been Liam's synth since he was a kid. Um, so I I knew he had this synth and that I wanted to make a synth album. So I went to his place for a few days and uh, brought my synths, used his synths, and just first thought, best thought. Um, right. Got 50 minutes of music. And these, so this is recorded with like vintage synth gear. Did you have to like do the whole like patching the chords to all no, that stuff? it's all like, None of it's modular, so it is analog, okay, but not modular. Mm, no cables. Excellent. So it's all in. It's like a iPod. There's no plugs coming out of it. <laughs> wow. Now you brought up craftwork before. Can I tell a little craft? Well, can I talk about craftwork for a second? Yep. Um, do you like how the modern incarnation of craftwork still tours around and it's just? Big fat German guys wearing skin tight spandex. Really? Do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> they do that, huh? Yes. Wow. Like picture, picture a sixty year old like German man who's let himself go, Done? but standing wearing a, a skin tight uh, like spandex black outfit, 
uh, playing futuristic music. Wow, that, that sounds kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Are there? Yeah, there's a. It's it's funny how it seems like it, do bands just get so much money from touring that they just often never stop because it does seem like that. Like you, I um. At Molson Amphitheater here in Toronto, every summer, it's always like bands from the 70s and 80s, like touring every year. Like they never stop. I think those bands, if they could stop touring, they probably would. But they need the money? I think so. Hmm. Like when you hear about like Smokey Robinson playing the casino circuit, <laughs> that suggests he signed probably a bad deal. or signed with motown or whatever like why should he have to tour still there are some guys though who like toured like uh like chuck berry toured right until he like passed away basically or like i think like frank sinatra kept singing because i guess he didn't know what else to do with his that's like time when when people who get out of jail go back to jail yeah (laughs) because he had the big Farewell tour. I think my parents saw a farewell Frank Sinatra concert in like the early 70s or something. And they bought tickets because they were like, we have to see him now before he's, you know, it's our last chance. And then like five years later, he was back on the touring circuit. That's annoying. Yeah. Smash, I remember in, uh, I don't think I talked about this last time. I remember in high school, I had friends, guys I knew, who were obsessed with the Smashing Pumpkins, leave school, drive to Chicago, and like, to see the Smashing Pumpkins last show and like, you know, pulled out all the stops, paid so much for tickets. And then like, they're still touring. I saw them last summer. It's like 20 or 15 years later. Anyway. Um, sorry, go ahead, Mike. Oh, I was going to, uh, so we went off on a little sidebar there about craft work and the Smashing Pumpkins and even Frank Sinatra. But, um, <laughs> Are you with since being very bulky and heavy, is it easy to, are you, are you touring around your synth album? No, I won't be, one take only. One take only. Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw on your Twitter you tweeted um, that you were like playing a really weird looking keyboard kind of thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was like oh, a yeah. big rectangle thing. What was that? Uh, it's this. I've been hired as a brand ambassador for this microtonal uh, synth company. Whoa. Microtonal. It okay. You know, a regular scale, like major scale in music, or like oh, a minor me. scale. Ah, okay. Adorami, yeah, it's that, but more than twelve tones. So there are tones between the tones in in our on a piano. Yeah. So all the white and black keys in a scale. It would yeah quarter tones or half tones between those tones. Can you guys explain? So major a major scale is do re mi fa so le ti do, right? I think yeah. is it. Yeah. It's, you know, when you're tuning a guitar and you have the guitar pedal and it says you're like flat or sharp. Yeah. It's like scales that have those flat and sharp components. So this is what the microtones are. Yeah. Whoa. Damn. I had it. I have this synthesizer that you can install these microtonal scales in. So I did that. And then I posted a video about it. Then my friend was like, I saw you're really into microtones. Come over to my house. <laughs> uh, We've all got that message before. Mm, it's yep. And he'd been approached by a guy who runs a startup that's trying to sell these MIDI controllers that are an alternative mapping system for a microtonal <laughs> scale <laughs> that's supposed to be more intuitive and like allows you to stretch further intervals than you would on a piano. 
It looks really futuristic. It, it lights up in a lot of colors. Which it is looks cool. like it it's in like, Star Trek. Yeah. Or like, mm-hmm. remember Light Bright? Remember that? Oh, yeah. Light Bright, Light Bright. Turn on the magic of colored lights. Yeah. That sort of thing. I think it looks also like a the buttons on an accordion. <laughs> right. Mm. Like an accordion from like a sci-fi movie. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine an mm. Eastern European alien playing accordion in space. <laughs> oh, I don't care for that sort of thing. Man. Personally. they've said... They're not going to pay me, but I'm allowed to say that I'm a brand ambassador. <laughs> oh, the ultimate deal. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Wow. Maybe we should start saying we're also brand ambassadors of this uh, product. Well, yeah, or, or maybe something else. I mean, uh, yeah. what, what, what product would be most um, huh. really, really have the, be on brand for this podcast? Uh, well, you drink a lot of tea. Sure. Red Rose. Red Rose tea. <laughs> Let us know on Twitter if you also drink red rose. I eat I a drink lot of a bananas, lot of I guess, like one a day. I'm a one a day man. Hmm. I could be a Chiquita brand ambassador. Hmm. Yeah. The Chiquita banana man. <laughs> I had a big social thing this week. If you want a tip, I've been hashtagging synth in some of my posts. <laughs> no. And it finally paid off this week. I got top of the synth hashtag Whoa. on Instagram. And it's Whoa. resulted in... 300 followers in Whoa. like three days. Like synth freaks are yeah, following. Ch- are there synth freaks? Yes. <laughs> and I'm getting, I don't, nobody slides in my DMs, but I have <laughs> been getting people very interested in microtonal synthesis <laughs> saying like, oh, you like microtones? Check out my build and like sending me guitars they've built. Oh and my God. One of them, it's actually nice because they were very I appreciate the information. One of them was like, you found your people now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I guess that's better than like uh, sliding into your DM. Just here's some really complicated uh, info on my synth. Yeah. I saw that there was like an ad for something called like Toronto SynthCon 2020 coming oh, up. Oh, really? Should I go to that? I, I yes. guess so. Or or maybe maybe not. Because <laughs> I'm trying to imagine the kind of people who go to a synth con. We know the kind of people who go to like a comic con. Yeah. I'm imagining people who go to a synth con as being that, but like uh, worse. Well, this <laughs> there's a trade show for music in uh, Anaheim every year called the NAM show, like North American music huh? something. And uh, that's where all the new gear gets dropped every year. And that's where... I went there five years ago, and it's, yeah, it's exactly what you described. Like, everyone's glaring at you if you dare play anything on the synthesizers, but also how are, how's anyone supposed to know that you can play? Right. Wait, how so? Like, why, you're not, are you not supposed to try them out, or why do they glare at you? You are, but it's like, I it's think like everybody's really in their head about what, like, what do I play when uh, I go up to the synth? I'm picturing like a bunch of like, yeah, like 60 to 65 year old men in lab coats walking around scowling. <laughs> yeah. And like, but then someone from Earth, Wind and Fire will be jamming it. It's like all of the musicians do go out to it. So you never know who's walking by. That's what, okay. That's what's cool about the microtonal synth company is they're taking me to the NAM show in January. Wow. To stand and play microtonal synth music. Cool. All day, which I think is hilarious. That's fun, and so they're all expenses paid. Anaheim, home of no doubt, I believe, and the Anaheim, and the yes. Mighty Ducks <laughs> hockey team. That's exciting. Um, and when is that? When is Nam? January nineteenth to twenty second. Well, any listeners wow. who remember? To nineteenth. That that's funny that you said that. Um, 
that people would glare at you because I've been in like Steve's music, like a music store. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you see like a sort of dude with a, I don't know, tank top or something and like a, you know, tough looking guy, like trying out an electric guitar, you know, and being like, like, it does seem like it's kind of a showboaty thing. Like I'm going to blow all the other music nerds away with like what I, what I try this guitar out with. Yeah. It, it's almost like Twitter in some ways where it's like, what do you tweet? If you know everybody, you can see your tweets. Right. Because right. you know a bunch of other musicians are being are either going to be like, she, you know, she's yeah. not good or she's good. So I take the weird angle and play something weird or like uh, something that everybody knows that would be so obvious to play. Pour water on the synth. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, if you, yeah, that's that's interesting. So you either go super weird or like... Uh, steal my sunshine or something. Yeah, like really obvious. States, yeah, every musician knows that. What if you just walked to, around and spent the whole day and went to every synth and just like very seriously just played the Ghostbusters theme once on every synth <laughs> and then walked around at a whole circuit? Do you think that'd be good? That's a that's a good idea. Actually, I played that today at my practice. Really? And <laughs> the drummer was trying to like fix his cymbals and I did a bit where he wasn't playing along to me, but I pretended that he was playing the Ghostbusters theme with me. <laughs> the, um, uh. we, we, we talk about the Ghostbusters theme every week. We now. talked about the Ghostbusters theme last week, and James didn't know who the singer was, Ray Parker Jr. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also couldn't believe he says, Bustin' makes me feel good. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and we joked about how Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray must have probably laughed at that line. Yeah. You also, you were in, you, you seem to go to California every now and then. Yeah. Did you, and if you want, we don't need to include this in the episode, but you, you met a, uh, a musical legend, didn't you? Yes. I met two in two day period. Two musical legends. Uh, Jackson Brown. Yeah. My, my close friend uh, through George Strombolopoulos, right. the Canadian, he's not my close friend, but he's, I know him well enough that I could call him a friend and on my social media, I do. Cause, and, uh, cause you, you put a picture on Instagram of you with Jackson Brown, right? Yeah. Wait, yeah. who is Jackson Brown? Uh, er, Doctor My Eyes. He was like an early seventies singer songwriter. Okay. Yeah, California. Running on empty. Somebody's like, baby. Okay. Okay. Wrote, Take it easy for the Eagles. Oh, okay. Take it easy. Now we're talking. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, he came. He was at this house party at strombos during tiff and anyone could get up and jam with him so then i was like wasted i was like i'm gonna go showboat and (laughs) uh cut to like us jamming covers by the band um i sang and played thunder road by springsteen and springsteen voice and he like played guitar uh and then he came to a rural alberta advantage concert the next month in Los Angeles. And we've just stayed in touch. He sends me cookies in the mail at Christmas. Oh, wow. Cookies from Jackson Brown. Yeah. How old is he? 73. Wow. (laughs) That's nice. He might be canceled as well. Don't don't look it up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I've done a lot of mental gymnastics to... Anyways. (laughs) Anyways. <laughs> and who Any man the- who makes cookies couldn't be all bad, eh? Well, they're even- from somewhere. Oh, oh he, he bought didn't them. make them? Okay. Well, mm. who knows then? And you met... Uh, who, who was the other the uh, legend? Robert Margoleff, who's one of the creators of Tonto. Now, Tonto. <laughs> Tonto is not uh, a character that Johnny Depp played in the Lone Ranger movie <laughs> that maybe he Mike. shouldn't have. Uh, what is Tonto? 
Uh, Tonto is an acronym. Tonto is the synthesizer that was played on um, Stevie Wonder's talking book and music of my mind. So the album that Superstition was on and oh wow, of my life and so that they're named their band after the synth that Stevie Wonder used. It is a synth. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said you met. The, the creator of Tonto. Oh, you met the creator of this synth. Okay. The original New Timbrel Orchestra. So it's like, it's this synthesizer that was built by these two guys, Malcolm Cecil and Robert Margaleff. And it, one of them's an engineer and one of them's a musician. And it combines kind of, it was the first modular synth. So synth that gets the other synthesizers to communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. So that's the one with all the chords and yeah. patches and things. and. It's really cool. Like it, nothing was around like this at the time. So they sourced like Boeing seven forty seven cables and like <laughs> Apollo eleven cables to build it. Um, but I learned from Robert. He was history lesson for the pod. He was uh, stationed in Germany during the Cold War as a photographer, and then moved to New York to be in like Andy Warhol's group of friends. <laughs> as a filmmaker and then he met Malcolm Cecil this way and they like did a bunch of acid with Timothy Leary. <laughs> wow. Um and then he made he made yeah, he got a rec uh, a, he got a record, he got a Grammy for the Stevie Wonder album. Um I think Talking Book and then And that's that the that's the, Tonto is the synth that he played for Superstition that like iconic uh it's no but it (laughs) it is the synth that like on a couple other tracks on the album makes sounds that are like okay wow yeah can i do a detour now is it okay sure yeah um you know what i was watching a tv and i saw an ad for a singer and they said in the ad Hmm. that he was the best-selling solo album artist in the united states ever who would you guess that is? That at least according to this ad, it was the best-selling solo album artist. Garth Brooks. Yes. God, Robin, you're good. It's actually him. Yes. How many? I was so surprised. Damn Wouldn't albums. One hundred and seventy million. Really? Yeah. Just more than Elvis Presley, and second only to the Beatles in total album sales overall. Garth Brooks. You... I guess because you you made it sound like it was going to be unlikely. Yeah, well, you know what? You nailed it. I was thinking like Julio Iglesias, but... Oh, yeah. Garth Brooks. So, there's like I a can... whole... The country world is like this whole other universe that you know nothing about, I feel like, unless you're into it. I know two Garth Brooks songs, uh, and the Thunder Rolls yeah. and Friends in Low Places. And Thunder Rolls, I just remember because the video was like, he played like a like a middle-aged dad character with a beard. Like he acted in the movie, yeah. in, the, in the video. Yeah. And I just thought it was so funny. Um, how many songs can you name, James? I think those are the only two. I mean, I remember he had the Chris Gaines album. Which probably sold the least number of copies think. as a solo artist in America. Do you, do you, did you Have you like dipped your toes into that country world at all, Robin? <laughs> uh, no, it's an option you can do as a musician, like go to ah. Nashville and try and make it in that scene. And right. there's a whole Canadian country circuit as well, where there's like folk festivals and conferences where you can play in like conference rooms to industry folk or country people i've i've just applied (laughs) 
to a, for a residency at the National Music Center in Calgary, where specifically to record weird classical music with Tonto <laughs> as like synth quartets. Exciting. Uh, yeah, because Robert Margolef, who's this guy who was one of the founders of Tonto, this synth that now is in Calgary, he said that that would be a cool thing to do and right. that he endorsed me. So that, that felt really good. Cool. How did this synth end up in the least synthy city on earth, Calgary, Alberta? Because I don't. when I think of uh, mm. electronic music, I don't think of, of Calgary. What happened there? <laughs> they have a synth museum, and I think probably like oil money that just... <laughs> right. Yeah, those oil guys are notorious uh, synth heads. Like the CEO of PetroCanada was like, I need to have synths near me. It, that's what the BAM Center is like. Like it's beautiful. The oh, I've been there. Are great, yeah. But mm. it's like the Suncor Oil Theater. <laughs> <laughs> um, I when I was in Calgary when I was like eighteen for you know a summer. I, I when I worked at Got Junk. Did you know this? James worked a summer at one eight hundred Got Junk, yes. collecting cool. uh, garbage. I did. In Calgary. Thank you, Robin. It is cool. And I'd get paired <laughs> up in the truck with like dudes who were just country Calgary dudes, and and I remember like. They, they would, he would, one guy I would get paired up with would make the radio be on a country station. And it was so weird and I hated the music so much. And can I perform for you? I still remember a, a, the chorus of one song. Okay, ready? This is a song I heard uh, probably in the year 2000 in Calgary in a truck. <clears throat> we talk about you, 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 usually, but occasionally I want to talk about me. I want to talk about me. <laughs> And I always remembered that as the weirdest song. And uh, so you're driving around in a garbage truck in Calgary yes. with like cretins. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. This, this is a year before 9/11 happened. Yes, it was about then. I wonder if I should tell the story. Well, sure. When I was, I'm just as a little bit of a sidetrack, but since I went down this road, hey, uh, I worked for my brother. He's older than me, and he had like a got junk thing in Calgary. Oh, I don't know if I should say this. Well, I'll think about editing it out. Sure. But one of the guys I worked with was so dumb, and he's and so I'm I'm like the boss's brother, whatever. And uh, nepotism in the junk well, world, yeah, first of all. Yes. And the guy goes um, to clients to people who we took their junk. He's like, yeah, it's uh, two hundred bucks, or if you want to give me cash, it's one hundred fifty. And and I'm like, oh, what was that? He's like, oh yeah. Sometimes I I don't write down the order. I just take the money and like basically steal from my brother. I'm like, oh cool. Did he know you were yes. his boss's brother? Yes. Interesting. So then I, I'm like, well, I guess I have to tell my brother. I'm not going to steal from my brother. So right. then I tell my brother, and it was this whole thing. Like, what a goddamn idiot! Did he fire him? Something like that. He, but I I made my brother say, don't say I said anything because I have to work with this guy. Like. All, all these people, like, don't say I ratted out people to you. So he had to come up with a with a fake excuse that he was also mad at me. He pretended that he caught me. Right. It was, it was this whole convoluted thing. But I just couldn't believe this guy was so dumb. Anyway, I really hope he doesn't listen. I don't think he understands how podcasts work. I also don't think this guy sounds like he was cut out for the junk world. He wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah. Anyway, he loved country music. Have you ever worked a job collecting other people's garbage? <laughs> I worked at 
uh, curves for women for a, oh, like nice. a six month period where sort of, no, it's not the same. Um, <laughs> what was curves like? You have to, it was awful. You have to cold call people who write the like free lead sheet or sorry, the free week at curves for life. Oh, curve. Uh, Cur- but is curves just like a workout place or is it a diet place? It's a workout place, but it it's hydraulic based machines. What? So you only get as much of a workout as you put into it. Right. <laughs> and you're on like a 30 second circuit between the machines. So every 30 seconds, a voice goes like, please move to the next station. Really? Wow. 30 seconds. Yeah. Is there a religious aspect to it as well? Because I remember seeing a commercial yeah. for curves that used Amazing Grace, I think, or some like him in the song. I think it came out that a lot of the money they make goes to like anti-abortion organizations <laughs> oh. in Waco, Texas. So, oh. um, Home of David Koresh. Yes. Yes. The late mm-hmm. prophet. That's good, you know. It's you're getting two things done at once. You're getting in shape and taking away a woman's right to choose when you yeah. go to curves. And you have to every month demand that you let the women like you have to weigh them and then on a chart show them that they like haven't lost weight. Oh, really? It's horrible. Oh, so you have to be kind of mean like, yeah. "Well, Sharon, bad news. You're still big." <laughs> oh, man. Wow, curves. Yeah. It always seemed like such a mom thing. Like I had no idea what went in th- what went on in there, but just like growing up in a small town, you'd see the curves and that's like a mom zone. You don't go in there. This is a mom zone. Oh, you know what? That that could be a cool opening line to a mom rap group. This You're is in the mom, mom zone. zone. Yeah, I think dude. it's good. Hmm. I re- uh we're talking about gyms. I recently um was at my my gym where I occasionally go to exercise and I weighed myself. And I had gained five pounds. How did that make you feel? I was I was upset with myself. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. How do you think you gained? How do you? Why do you think? How do you think you gained the weight? I have my suspicions. Okay. That it came from um, some sitting down. Yes. Mixed with some uh, some snacking and some uh, some eating. This is another boring side note, but just quickly, I've I've been eating dates lately. Do you like dates? <laughs> I, yeah. And they're 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 really good, okay. and I think they're good for fiber. But I think they're maybe making me fat, sort of. You think you're getting date fat? No, but I just notice like, oh, I look a little, and I wonder if it's the dates because they're so full of sugar. But that would be like natural sugar, not like refined sugar. Oh, maybe it's not the right? dates then. I mean, how many dates are you eating? Yeah, a few handfuls. No, just kidding. Two, two a day. Two dates. Huh? Someone look it up and tweet us, listeners. Yeah, if you know about dates, I am. I'm a prunes guy. At oh. the end of the day, <laughs> are you a pruner? Yeah. Is this the first time a pruner and a dater have gotten together My on a goodness. pod? I've never, I don't think it's, what causes me to gain weight is if I uh, eat, I usually eat a pastry for breakfast nice. and then <laughs> uh, I'll have like a bagel later in the day. And then if I have like ice cream and cake at the end of the day. <laughs> is that often? <laughs> and, and don't exercise. Right. <laughs> What's your pastry? What's your go-to breakfast? A chocolate pastry? croissant. Ooh. Those are good. I always like those croissants that have the almond uh, sort of stuff in, oh, inside. Yeah. You know those what I'm talking good. about? Those are good. Ooh. Yeah, put them in your mouth. I know what you eat for breakfast, Mike. Two hard-boiled eggs because you've 
we've stayed together briefly. I eat two hard-boiled eggs. So here's my... I, I noticed this recently. During the weekdays, I eat two hard-boiled eggs for breakfast. Living on the wild on, side. On, on the weekend, I let my hair down and have an omelet. Wow. Cool. So I, I cook the eggs differently and I add vegetables to them. Wow. Instead of just the very utilitarian... Uh, hard-boiled egg, just a unit of protein. I'm weird about hard-boiled eggs because I do really like them, but they're, it's like a razor-thin line where I can go from really enjoying it to wanting to vomit. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something about them I find, like... Like, I've been to a Passover dinner, okay, and they you, you're supposed to eat a hard-boiled egg, and I can't right. do it. Like, I found someone... Telling me to eat one, what I was is like, it about, I can't. What is it about the association with a Jewish festival that makes you not want to eat hard-boiled eggs? It's I'm just, not I'm just the wondering. Jewish thing. It's just being oh, told. I certainly hope It's not. someone going, eat an egg, and being like, no. Well, are they fresh out of the out of the They're pot? fine. They're fine eggs. There's just something. I don't know what it is. So it's what is odd. it about you not being able to eat? Interesting. And I eat them sometimes for my own right. pleasure. But Can you eat? Here's another way to ask the question. Can you eat hard-boiled eggs during a, um, a Christian festival? No, no. It is Any religion that tells me okay. to eat a hard-boiled egg, I'm going to have to say I can't. All right. That's just the truth. I find that unless you eat them it's like within five, ten minutes of them being cooked, I'm not interested. If they become room temperature, if you refrigerate them... Oh, forget it. Uh, throw them in the garbage You can, can see in the grocery store they sell sometimes hard-boiled eggs. No way. Yeah, you'd have to be a maniac. Cut off my own head. My I live with my parents and my dad can't stand the smell of eggs. <laughs> but we'll go upstairs for three hours anytime eggs are made. Oh God! <laughs> and won't eat eggs. Eggs Not are one of those things. They're really, they're so good, but they can be really disgusting if it's the tiniest bit off or wrong. Could you eat other food that was on offer at yes, Passover? Absolutely, everything. Okay, everything. You were rehearsing this week. At the Mod Club Theater in downtown Toronto. Yep. Uh, just, just uh, I, I'd say it's in Little Italy, right? It is Little yeah. Italy. It is. And uh, is it haunted? Is it haunted by an Italian ghost or a Portuguese ghost? I don't, it's hard to say. Or the ghost of a mod who died. Yeah, I think it's the ghost of a mod. What was there before the Mod Club? That's where the answers would be. Oh, that's a great question. It's a nice it? building. I have no idea. It's across from a, a grocery store, a metro. <laughs> So maybe they had a hand in it. I don't know. Maybe a mod in the early 2000s crashed his scooter into the wall, and then there's a just the ghost of a of a sort of unpopular man who likes 60s music. What is a mod? It was uh, like a, a British... Like Austin Powers. Ah, okay. <laughs> like a subculture in the 60s of kids who like dressed sharp and like oh. American R&B music. Oh, okay. Were the yeah. Beatles sort of mods? Um, I, occasionally, I think hmm, okay. the Who were more associated with ah with that. What what does mod stand for? Do you know? Like modern, yeah, modernism. Oh, modern. Okay, okay. Yeah. Have you seen? You, you've told a story. I, about I think I've a told one. My friend was over, and I and and I saw a hand. We both saw a hand come <laughs> into my room around the corner, and we're like, "Oh, that must be my mom." And then I go look, and my mom wasn't there. And then I see her car come up the driveway. I'm like, "Oh fuck, we're alone in here. Whose hand was that?" I did see yeah. that. I don't know, but we both saw, saw it. Hand. But, but in retrospect, I'm like, did I make it up? And then because was, I said it, he just thought he saw it. I don't know what happened. Was it a, the hand of a woman or a man? I don't remember. It was just a hand. And I thought it was, I, I remember thinking, 
because my friend Brian and I were alone in my house, and my mom was coming home. We were like 10 or 12 or something, and I remember thinking, seeing a, a hand in the doorway and thinking, oh, my mom got home. And then I go, look, my mom's not here. And then I see her car come up the driveway, and then I think, holy God, that was a ghost. I could see this as a you know, $100 million horror blockbuster film the hand the hand and just write it exactly the way you described it that's the n- nothing else bare naked as two ladies hand in hand and hand in hand and glove remember that yeah yoko ono be, you could be my yoko ono by the bare naked did you see robin um the, uh, the raptors uh, had their 25th anniversary last week and because the bare naked ladies sang the anthem at the first ever raptor game they brought him back and they sang the anthem with 25 Steven? years later no okay wasn't steven sorry yelled at you but yeah. it wasn't Stephen. Um, it was, uh, um, yeah, everyone but. And it, yeah, they looked all right. Ed had a really uh, modern Steven, haircut. Oh, yeah. He, he experiments with, mm-hmm. uh, with hairdos mm-hmm. and Robertson. Mm-hmm. Do you think Stephen Page was sitting at home watching that, that anthem being sung and just flipping the bird Probably. to his TV? I also thought it was funny that for the first ever Raptor game, like the first, you know, 25 years ago, the first game of this basketball team, who... Who could we get to sing the anthem to really? Who speaks to show, the average basketball fan? Yeah, like to yeah. really, you know, show basketball culture and like Canada mixed together. Who could it be? Who could it be? Oh, BNL. I mean, yeah, that sounds about right, actually. Mm-hmm. Before even they got big, like 1995. So yeah. before even like they broke in the states. Boy, oh boy. I guess Ed is a bit of a rapper. We're talking about uh, Bare Naked Ladies, and I'd like to apologize on behalf of James for yelling uh, at you when you brought up that Stephen Page wasn't uh, involved. Have you you've sung the anthem at a, a game or two before, haven't you? Oh, yeah, with Dwayne Gretzky. Um, right. Would you like to hear how that came about? <laughs> <laughs> sure. And was it for a Leafs game? It was for a Leafs game. Because you're a big hockey lady. Yeah, I'm a Leafs fan. <laughs> you're a big Leafs fan. Sometimes it's- you'll tweet... Leafs forever. Yeah, well, uh, it's in my family. My right. grandfather was on the board of directors of the Leafs in the 60s. Oh, cool. Um, and so we have a 63 Stanley Cup ring in the family. Cool. Wow. Yeah, and uh, my dad's watched the Leafs every game for 50 years since they last, well, like 56 years now. Wow. Like 66 years. Anyway. Bill Barilko disappeared. Yeah, um, Dwayne Gretzky played at a Maple Leafs hockey party, and I I don't usually banter, but I bantered. You talked to the players? No, it was just the staff, but uh, and I didn't know who they were. I was like, we want to sing the anthem, and then uh, Brendan <laughs> Shanahan handed me his business card, and both Tyler and Nick thought it was cool, but I didn't know who it was. I was just like, okay. Like, wow. I so you, yeah, right. So you're saying this to him, the president of the Maple Leafs? Yeah. That's so funny. Player. Wow. Was he nice? Yeah, he was really nice. I met a lot of hockey players with Our Lady Peace. Uh, uh, they strike me as a band that attracts a lot of NHLers uh, as fans. <laughs> we <laughs> One night outside the bus, I feel like, did I tell this story on this podcast before? Okay, a, a man who looked like a scalper came up and was like, uh, you have to let me on the bus. I said, what's your name? He said, Chris and he, I was like, sorry, no fans allowed on the bus because I had, there had been a previous thing that I didn't know, and and then a fa- another fan was like, that's Chris Chelios, let him. Oh wow! So a guy, another bus. guy, not on the bus, sort of 
Like, hey, man, let him in. He's cool. Yeah. I think he might have told me Chris Chelios, and I was still like, sorry, I don't, I don't know who you are. That other fan's kind of a beta male, huh? I know I can't get in, but let him in. <laughs> wow. wow. Was he nice? Chris Chelios? He played in the NHL till he was like 48 or something. He was nice. Hmm. But, but back to the, <laughs> I want to hear more about the, was it nerve wracking to be singing the national anthem uh, before a Leafs game? Or was it, yeah, you're like, I damn just, right I'm doing it. Is it okay to say you dissociated? I think I just tried to completely block <laughs> off everything that was happening wow. around me. Because if I looked at the audience, I would have freaked out. I watched I, it on TV. It was great. Oh, thanks. And then somebody on Twitter was like, what a dumb name for a band. Like, that sucked. Something like that. I remember that. And I think I, it's a TSN guy, right? No, it was some girl in the States. And oh. I spent most of the game really <laughs> upset about oh. this one oh, boy. dumb comment. Twitter person, yeah. Have you been... I, I TSN went, was nice. <laughs> uh, I went about a month ago... Uh, to see a uh, Jays game, and then afterwards, um, s- sort of as a joke, went to, uh, to to have dinner at Wayne Gretzky's restaurant. When's the last time you were there? Because I hadn't been there for for probably fifteen years. And uh, yeah, same. Yeah. yeah was, How did you find it? Oh, it was very fun. Uh, I think it's closing down. It is closing down in a year. No! So yeah, yeah. But uh, I was reminded that when you go to the washroom, uh, at least the men's washroom, they have piped through the speakers uh wayne gretzky's memoir the audiobook really? of his memoir being played so hmm. while you go to the bathroom you can hear about In 1987 <laughs> when i scored my 90th goal uh, really yes wow yeah that's interesting it makes going to the bathroom a little more interesting wow that's funny where did you when you were with our lady peace what where did you did you tour around a lot Mostly Canadian major cities during the summer festivals, but okay. we did a few like the major Northwest cities and the East Coast. Um, of the States? Yeah, but they can't really get the same draw in like college towns that they used to. Right. Um, did you play in New York City? Yeah. What was the venue in New York? <laughs> was it? <laughs> <laughs> so Rain brought on tour this spoken word performer. Named, okay. uh, who we met at the Occupy protests. <laughs> um, and his piece was all about the, like the alphabet of oppression and like A is for all. Did, have I told you? Okay. No. A, no. Like A is for all the like oppressed peoples. B is for bullies. Like, <laughs> um, and Rain was like, we have to, he played with us in Boston. Rain's like, we have to bring him to New York. So we played, I think it was the Bowery Ballroom. Ah. Uh, and as soon as the <laughs> Aki, like he started his bit, everybody booed and it was louder than his bit. <laughs> oh no. So people were booing his alphabet. Yeah. Poem? His up, al- alphabet of oppression got booed. <laughs> yeah. Cause our lady pieces fans are like very right wing. Really? <laughs> I think maybe, I guess. Wow. But Sean Avery, the hockey player came to that show cause oh, he was Jeremy's yeah. roommate and listening afterwards he was like i don't know if that guy's picked up a fucking new york times recently like <laughs> like the, the the new yorkers don't have the best attitude towards occupy or something like that like, <laughs> <laughs> that is really funny he's really do you know who sean avery is mike no he was like a, he's a very handsome fashionable <laughs> nhler who in the game was like notoriously oh, a troublemaker my worst nightmare and he i believe robin maybe you know this didn't he like 
work at Vogue? Like he did the yeah. Devil Wears Prada job? He left. <laughs> he's like, I could have gone back to the NHL, but instead chose to go back, go, do this internship at Vogue. But he had gotten suspended from the NHL for in a press conference saying that uh, Phaneuf was taking his sloppy seconds by yeah. dating Alicia Cuthbert. Yeah, because they both <laughs> dated her. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. It's kind of, that's kind of awesome now <laughs> that I'm older. I'm like, that's hilarious that he did that. <laughs> I'm trying to appreciate like sports culture, like just yelling at a dumb guy <laughs> and them doing something that's really funny. Like I saw a clip from the NBA of a guy missing a three or a free throw and then someone else knocks it in and he keeps doing this face. Like I was planning that. <laughs> <laughs> That's 12 funny. dimensional chess? Yeah. Do you think are you a baseball fan? Sort of if I'm dating someone who's into baseball. <laughs> <laughs> so are you I was going to ask if you're excited about the prospect of Montreal getting sort of the Expos back, but I guess we'll have to wait until you I don't like dating. Quebec, so. Okay. Oh. <laughs> when um is that a thing like you know if you all of a sudden oh, my boyfriend really likes European soccer, I guess I got to yeah, I mean, I think don't you're not supposed to talk about it, but yeah, I was into UFC for like because you just <laughs> oh you yeah have to watch it. Yeah, I've watched some of it. Anderson Silva, did you remember? The, do you remember that guy? Oh, uh, he was cool. No. <laughs> Who's the French Canadian guy? George Jacques Pierre or something? George Saint Pierre. <laughs> that guy is. Tell me that guy's not hot. He has like cauliflower ears. Yeah, but he is in shape. He looks like Brad Pitt. You're saying Georges Saint Pierre looks like Brad Pitt? Yes, back me up. Well, I mean, I'd, somebody. I'd, as soon as Georges Saint Pierre stars in the movie, like one, uh, put him in a Tarantino movie. Let's see what he can mm, do. I bet he could do well. Imagine if he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. George Easy. Saint Pierre. Easy. With his French Canadian accent. Easy. Who 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 did you like at UFC or did you not know the guys' I liked, names? I uh, like Conor McGregor. Yeah, and, he's cool. And I mean, Ronda Rousey. I was. <laughs> I watched basically her whole rise and fall mm. in this, this relationship. Did you see the video from like last month where uh, Conor McGregor got arrested and caught on camera? He was in a bar handing out shots of his own branded whiskey, like he has his own line of whiskey out or something, at a pub in Dublin or something. And this old man who was there just like turned him down, was like, no. And then Conor McGregor got so mad, he just punched the old man in the face. Wow. <laughs> he, I mean, I think he, I think he's had some uh, issues too, but he gives really funny, like, um, you know, the press conferences before the fight and they are sort of like hype things where they kind of get mad at each yeah. other, the, the fighters. I remember he had a famous uh, thing where he was going to fight a guy and his whole, his whole, um, Conor McGregor's whole thing was that like this is the biggest this is the biggest moment in your life fighting a guy like me because it's the first time you're going to make money because you know just if you fight Conor McGregor you're going to make all this money and he had this famous line where he's like when you found out you're going to fight me you go home to your wife and you say break out the red panties baby I'm going to fight Conor McGregor <laughs> and it was like this big thing that he said break out the red panties baby <laughs> Last time you were on, I think I asked you what your favorite guilty pleasure was, and I think you said Billy Joel? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, have you been listening to, to some Billy? Whenever he's on the radio. It, <laughs> it, yeah. Didn't you have... 
something interesting to say about Billy Joel? Oh, yeah. I mean, this isn't that interesting, but I thought of Robin because I had a dream that I was in a video game store and I was looking through <laughs> used games. Me. Well, no. Well, you know. You're dreaming about our guests. Oh, come on now, guys. The symbol. Um, yeah, well, in this dream, I'm in a video game store, probably EB Games, probably okay. the one on Bloor Street because I've right. been in there. And I'm flipping through some used games, and I found a, a Nintendo Wii game, mm-hmm. and I pull it, I pull it out from the pack, and I look at the cover, and it's a Billy Joel Nintendo Wii game. <laughs> I woke up and I thought, "What the hell is going on with me?" Was it? Did it have a name like Piano Man? Billy Joel's Piano Man? No, or like- but I think in my dream, I kind of understood that it was. It was like I think Michael Jackson had a video game. There is a Robin Williams one. Yeah, like, a, like, yeah. So maybe you'd be fighting as Billy Joel, like going through a haunted house or something, fighting monsters as Billy Joel, maybe. I don't know, jumping on their heads. Maybe you have to kill all the characters he mentions in Piano Man. <laughs> that's a good like idea. The real estate novelist and like uh, Davy. <laughs> yeah, who's they're still the, in the bosses. Navy. Oh my God, that's yeah. a good idea. So they're like the bosses of each level. So yeah. you go through like a, 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 mo- a model show home. And at yeah. the end, you have to kill the real estate guy. And the waitress who's practicing politics. Yeah. 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 Wipe her out. It's a lot of like the chat comes up and you have to decide what you're going to do. <laughs> yeah. Those kind of games. Yeah. Oh, what man. would his weapons be? Billy Joel? Would he throw like uh, eighth notes or uh, <laughs> uh, hmm. guitars? Because he's not a guitarist. I know. Remember in the We Didn't Start the Fire video? He flips over the table. Yeah. He's just flipping tables. All right. Oh. Is that a good song? We didn't start the fire. I haven't heard it mm, since I was a kid. No. <laughs> What's the worst Billy Joel song in your opinion that you know? Um Keeping the Faith or whatever? I'm just keeping the faith. Yeah, oh. Uh, River of Dreams? No, the one that's like pressure. Do, 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 oh do, yeah. Do, do. Yeah. River Dreams is a great song. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we should like since Robin is a music expert. I wonder if we should like offer up some like what what do you think of this song? And Robin can say you know like that's a banger or see I'm strike. surprised yeah that's, that's a good a idea because I would have assumed you've been like yeah River Dreams no good but no, you good. have you have me on the back foot. Um, what's a song you you don't like or mm. or you like James? That- okay, well, it's a controversial song. I like. Um, okay, how about? Uh, um, I don't know. Uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Good. Yeah, agreed. But, but I over hear it every day. Yeah, and, and it's sort of overdone. Now it's yeah. like, well, of course, yeah. But that, that's just what o- came old to mind. school ruined it for everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, Everlong by the Foo Fighters. Oh. We should have a name for this. Like, I, like, I, I sorry. Recent, sorry. You no, no. Name it, but I recently retired Everlong from like I can't listen to it anymore on the really? radio. It's too. I listen to My Hero now. Oh, <laughs> so I was you made the switch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always was an Everlong guy over My Hero. Have you checked out My Hero lately, <laughs> or is it just Hero? I no, I think it's, it's my, my Hero. I think. And is the song about Kurt Cobain, or is it about himself? Uh, is it about? He says Everlong's not about Kurt, but my theory is that... Oh, no, I meant uh, My, my hero. hero. Yeah, I, that's supposed to be about Kurt. Okay. But Death of the Author... My Hero is about Kurt? I didn't know that. I think I have a name for this segment. Okay. Finger Snapper or Finger Wagger? The Finger Snapper means it's a good song. Okay. Finger Wagger means it's, it's a bad song. All right. Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve. Is that a Finger Snapper or Finger, finger Wagger? Wag- oh, really? <laughs> Interesting. 
Why just it's uh, a good sample, right? Yeah. They got boned on but that. There's huh? two just goes on and on. Mike, <sighs> okay. Well, I'm staying in this sort of area of music. Um, no, I was going to say, was that a finger snapper or a finger wagger for oh, you? Oh, I'm, I'm a, it's a snapper for me. <laughs> yeah, I uh, think it's a snapper. I got one. Wonderwall. Oh, there you go. Snapper. Really? Oh, yeah. See, I, I feel like we're on opposite wavelengths because I was going to say, I, I've heard it so many times and it, uh, it's, uh, I can't hear it anymore. I'm going to say wagger. Thank you. Um, how about um, Aerosmith? I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> wagger. That's a huge wagger. Huge wagger. That's a huge wagger. I what? hate that song. You shouldn't have even asked that one. Yeah. But that's the part of the yeah. fun game. This is like, we have to go reintroduce this as the game because this is a game. How about here's one that I've flip flopped back and forth on many times over the years. She drives me crazy by oh. Fine Young Cannibals. That's, that's... Uh, somewhere in between, but more snapper. Okay, I think that's a huge finger snapper. Okay. That's an enormous right. finger snapper. I love yeah. that song. Yeah, Mike, is that that's the riff? No, I get it mixed up with "I Need You Tonight." Oh, that's an excess. In excess. Which, um, she drives me crazy. Have a riff? No, it's just like a. Yeah. It does possibly like the. Yeah. In the verses. Yeah. I got one. Okay. Semi charmed life. Oh, snapper. Huge wagger for me. Yeah, wagger. Yeah, never liked it. It's fit for the pit. Yes. Oh, we should have stole that. How about this? The Seinfeld theme song. <laughs> As a synther, you probably have a, 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 more of an insight into this song than most people do. I don't know. It's a wagger for me. I don't. I don't know. I, it's, I like it. What if they? But I'm gone... contrarian. I don't want to agree with all musicians. Right. They should have. If they want to get a synth song for the Seinfeld theme song, I feel like they sh- they should have gone. Full out and got like Depeche Mode or New Order. <laughs> Imagine Depeche Mode doing the Seinfeld theme song. Seinfeld, what will they do next? It's, not, it's a synth. It's not a real slap bass. I think I only know this because I once I remember once seeing a little feature on like some American news show where it's like we meet the man behind the Seinfeld theme song, and it showed him playing the slap bass on a keyboard. Oh, okay. And the funniest thing was like, I was like in awe because I'll, I, it's, I'll never forget it. Uh, the reporter was like, and it's the most interesting thing. He has no musical training yet. He wrote the song. And I remember genuinely as a kid going, that's amazing. <laughs> he could write, <laughs> without any <laughs> musical training. I thought that the man had probably gone to Juilliard, uh, and studied at like the Sorbonne or something, but no, all right, here's a synth, a synth song. Okay. okay. Just Can't Get Enough. Oh, okay. this is a snapper. Yeah. Yeah. Almost overdone, but that's yeah. a snapper. How about Relax by Frankie Goes to Hollywood? Oh. Wagger. Hmm. Really? I'm saying yeah. that's a wagger. All right. It's also a bit on the nose. When you want to come. You know who would hate that line? <laughs> who? Aaron Eves. Really? Friend of the show. I know him. Why? He just, I know that would drive, that would annoy He doesn't him. like songs that are so on the like nose. He doesn't like being commanded about to ejaculate. No. Right. I, 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 just knowing Aaron, that's a, that's a big Well, it's because he can't him. do it. Oh, that's right. I forgot Aaron. If you is tell a, him to do it, he, yeah, he won't be able to. Uh, <laughs> how about this one? Do you remember this one? Small Town Boy by Bronski Beat. Oh, huge snapper. Cry yeah. Snapper. Cry. Yeah. 
I think Love you that. should try that song at karaoke because it's up it's up in your yeah. register. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, the video is really good as well. And there's a hard-boiled egg in it also. Is there really? Yes. Yeah, it's a, just I remember the opening scene. Is it, is a, does it take place during a Passover meal? Or? <laughs> no. There's just a boy in England, and I think he is maybe coming out to his parents. Right. And he's having this awful breakfast with his parents where they're not speaking, and one of them's like eating a hard-boiled egg, and it's oh, gross. Oh, boy. Uh, that's a good song, though. Um, Bizarre Love Triangle by the New Order Gang. That's a snapper. snapper. That's my biggest snapper of all time. I, that's maybe my favorite song of all time. Bizarre Love Triangle. I love it. I'm imagining you being in that position. In a, in a Bizarre Love <laughs> Been Triangle. Been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. Mm. I saw Peter Hook. Uh, Is he He was New kicked Order? out of New Order. He was oh. the, the iconic bass player for, with that. Uh, he played high on the bass. Oh. And he uh, was kicked out of the band. He's very bitter about it, but he... Tours around as Peter Hook and the Light in a band with his son and two other people in their early twenties, hmm. and he sings and plays every like old New Order and Joy Division songs. And when I saw him a year ago in Toronto, he ended the show. He's like in his mid sixties by whipping off his T-shirt and throwing it into the crowd. And he's like an old guy <laughs> who's like like a gym rat Ew. after years of being like a, I don't know a drinker and a drug man he's like fit now but like no one even if you're a big new order fan no one wanted to get like his mm. stinky mm. old man t-shirt at first i thought you were gonna say he was out of shape and i was like ew but then no. that you said he was in shape is even worse somehow yeah <clears throat> but no one wants you, you don't want to be a buff old man okay i got i got yeah. a good one that's the way it is by celine dion do you know snapper, that one yeah that's a huge snapper don't give up on your faith Love comes to those. Do you know that one? Yeah. Oh my god. I'm against the whole. It's it's actually good that we all like Celine Dion thing that happened in in this well, city. That's not how I feel. <laughs> I just think that's. I've always thought that was a good song. All right, Robin. It's a good song. Yeah, I, I've always thought that was a good song. But I feel that way about Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, that everyone likes. It's, it's cool yeah. to like Carly Rae Jepsen. So I was out for uh, brunch with my mom a few weeks ago, and it's like uh, name drop. I feel okay. Me and Lorraine, and uh, I feel like most women of a certain age like look to Celine Dion as like, oh, she's really inspiring. She's gone through, you know, a lot, yeah. and she's still standing. Not the case with my mom. Out loud in a crowded restaurant, she's like, you know, who's not looking good these days? You know, who looks awful? <laughs> Celine Dion, and everyone looked at us. <laughs> well, she was never much of a looker, but these days she really looks bad. Wow, that's yeah. a hot take by your mom. Nice. So, and she also once years ago went to Vegas, and her her story is that she saw Renee, her former husband and manager, eating by himself <laughs> in a booth. <laughs> wow. If only she could have been at his funeral to tell that, that story. Yeah. I'm going to give a quick shout out to my sister, Kate. She loves Celine Dion. So, All right. And she listens to Kate. every episode. Uh, Old Town Road, that song that's so popular right Snapper. now. Snapper. It's good. I feel like Snapper. it makes me feel old because I don't feel like I really get it. Well, if this makes you feel any better, it's it's a sample by a, a guy you've enjoyed his music for years, Trent Reznor. It is? Yep. What? I thought it was... But isn't Billy Ray Cyrus in it or something? Well, there's a billion versions. But there's Billy versions and Trent Reznor? No, there's a billion versions the, the of it. Oh, a billion. Yeah, versions Trent Reznor. But he bought this beat off YouTube and then got the sample <laughs> and just... Was I think doing like a cowboy bit? The 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 Nas X or whatever the Nas the, X, yeah. yeah. So, and the sample is from a Nine Inch Nails song, like dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Oh, maybe I haven't heard that version. 
I do like Nine Inch Nails. Well, then you're, is that then you really lame? Do you like them, Robin? Not really. <laughs> well, I don't. Li- I don't think they're cool. I just like some of their songs when I was younger. You wouldn't I know respect this. his tr- career trajectory, Trent Reznor. <laughs> I, I remember in uh, high school. Remember that song, "The Perfect Drug." Yeah. And my my friend was like, "It's actually pretty cool because like the song starts like as though you're on drugs, like pretty chill, and then <laughs> it gets really crazy, like you know, like being on drugs, and then it like blows up, and then it's like really chill at the end. So it's actually like a high." And even oh. then, I thought that was dumb. Was your friend? My friend was probably wrong too. Um, was your friend uh, uh, Timothy Leary? <laughs> uh, the, Trent Reznor. Uh, we've talked about this before. Recorded, I think, the downward spiral in the house where Sharon Tate was murdered. Oh right, a little That's bit so rude. dumb and disrespectful. Yeah. Now that I've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I'm really you know. But Tarantino should her. make a follow-up, like a sequel to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, about Trent Reznor recording the <laughs> Downward Spiral. It's what if Trent Reznor didn't record <laughs> yeah. the Downward Spiral in the house, or Leo is an old guy who's Keep this new neighbor. Trent. Oh, his, his synth is going wild in there. I don't want to fuck you like an animal. All I want to do is get some sleep. <laughs> right. Well, well, we've we've talked about. What about the the beauty of being alive today mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in this podcast? I think. Oh my gosh, we did a long time. We did a long time. Um, thank you for your patience, uh, Robin. Yeah, is is what should we mention before before we go? Like, well, maybe do you have like do you want to mention your albums and like? Um, oh yeah, head over to robinhatch.bandcamp.com or robinhatch on Apple Music or Spotify to listen to my music. Do it, and we'll link to to those and uh and more in the episode description i love it uh robin thank you so much for coming and i'll link to a gofundme i'm trying to raise money for a knife to kill james (laughs) so i'll link to that as well Uh, bye everybody